Hello, and welcome back to Sustainability Warriors. Hello. <laughs> this is Emma. That's Laura. <laughs> and today, we have a very special guest today, Dr. Amy Blair. Hey, <laughs> Hello. Thank you. We're really excited to have you be you our first guest. I'm so thrilled to be your first guest. That is epic. <laughs> yes. Uh, so do you want to introduce yourself and tell the audience about yourself? Sure. So I am a biology professor here at St. Ambrose, and um, my training is actually as a plant ecologist, so I'm a plant person. I did my PhD at Colorado State, <laughs> and uh, I've been here for 12 years, oh, which really? is amazing. Yeah, it's forever. I know. And I am co-chair of the Sustainability Camp Committee on campus, so that has faculty, staff, students on it. And I co-advise the amazing Green Life Club, which you are both very, yeah. very fundamental <laughs> <laughs> part of. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but so today we really want to talk about um, like sustainable eating and like mm -hmm. going vegetarian and stuff. And Amy is like an expert in that. Mm -hmm. But first, we have some fun. We have some fun questions, questions for you. Amy. It was scary. Do you want to ask the first one, Laura? Because yeah. I think that's the one you came up with. <laughs> okay, this is my first question. If you had to choose one person at Ambrose that would start a cult, who would it be and why? <laughs> wow, this my mind is going in so many places right now. Um, <laughs> so many options. Fantastic. So many options. So it can be student or faculty Ooh. or staff? Yes, anyone. Wow. Whoever, whoever you want. I think it would have to be Matthew Coomber. Yes. Because he would immediately garner a huge following. Yeah. <laughs> I believe anything he says. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'm, I'll join. Yeah. Where is his followers? Recruits right here. <laughs> yeah. What would he? Like, what would his cult be? Um, it probably involve beer, kindness, and theology. That'd be really popular. What I know. It's like a yeah. good cult. <laughs> yeah. Cults could be good, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to change the reputation of cults. We do. It starts, they're not bad. They're good. It starts with us. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, okay, what other questions do we have? I can't see this. Um, from Instagram? Oh, yes, we do. So, what? Apparently, I have a thing with like bathrooms on this podcast. Um, but someone wanted to know what's the best restroom on campus based on the the size of the stall. Ooh, that is a good one. I know. Okay, I will tell you the worst one on campus <laughs> first, okay. and that is the basement of Lewis Hall. <gasps> oh, is under that the stairs. Yes. I like that one. Really? That's okay. So unique. I've <laughs> heard a little rickety. different stories about that bathroom. Yeah, let's say the toilets aren't flushing as well oh. lately. So. <laughs> okay, take that back. <laughs> you might want to avoid that. <laughs> oh, I'd probably go with the Rogo ballroom third floor bathroom. <laughs> so specific. No, it's not. I know, you but say a certain stall. I know, I know. It was going from the right. <laughs> it's so clean and new. Yeah. <laughs> right. The ones in the basement are really good too. There's like normally oh. never one, no one in there. Down okay. the hall. Yeah, tip. I go there after, during work. Yeah. Okay. What about mm -hmm. you, Laura? Do you have a favorite one based on stall size? <laughs> stall size. This is so hard. Can you come back? You go first, and then come back mine. to me. I said Rogo the basement. Oh, that was yours. Mm -hmm. Since no one's in there, like I just go and like, yeah. You know, I like the bathroom in the basement of Ambrose Hall, the Beehive, because oh. it says women on the wall <laughs> and then women on the doorway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's kind of retro down there. Oh, yeah, so. it is retro, no doubt. Yeah, I like it. 
So another question we had from Instagram is, what's your oops, favorite TV show? Oh, depends on the week. Uh, right now, I'm really digging uh, Resident Alien. It's oh. a really quirky sci-fi show. I know, oh. shout out to Brenda Peters because she loves it as well. Really? Yeah, it's really funny. And I've it's never very heard clever. of it. I haven't heard it either. Yeah, I feel like not many people are watching it, and it's huh. fabulous. Is it, like an- is it animated or no, is it? No, no, no. It's, okay. Yeah, it's, it's huh. fun. Check it out. What's it called again? Resident Alien. Resident Alien. Where do you watch it on? Like what streaming? It's platform? sci-fi and um, I think we just recorded on sci-fi. Probably. Oh. Oh, like on TV. You're TV. Like, you have a real one. <laughs> yeah. mm. You have cable. <laughs> probably streams from somewhere, but I'm not sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll have to look it up. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Laura? Um, I'm not really watching a show right now, but I like the show Fleabag Ooh. a lot. Ooh. I forgot what streaming device it is, but it's really good and it's really deep, but it's funny. So if you're looking for like a deep, but like lighthearted show, I would watch that. What's the premise? It's hard. It's like hard to explain, but it's a lot of women who's kind of going through like identity crisis and she kind of finds herself at the end. It's really hard to explain, but look it up and that okay. might. Well, you got me watching Squid Games. So. <gasps> yes, that was so good. You, like, did you watch me? it? No. Did you like it? it? I did. It was intense. It was. Yeah. It was so good. Did you have a favorite TV show? Um, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I really yeah. liked um, the first season of Bridgerton. <gasps> oh. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. the second season's coming out. And March 25th. Yeah. I saw that today on Twitter. I was like, ah! Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like it because all the pretty dresses. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish that we could have like a ball on campus after watching it. <laughs> Please do that. Or you're, we're going to have to stay another year to execute all our ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Very, yeah. Yeah, I watched that whole season in one week. Oh, yeah, me too. It was so good. Yeah, it was, it was very addictive. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have, I have one more question for you. If there was a movie being made about you during your college years, what student on campus here would play you? Oh, wow, that is impossible. <laughs> Can I just go with Hermione Granger? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I loved to raise my hand in class and talk to the professor and I was I was very Hermione. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Is there like a particular student on campus that would play you? Mm, that, these are I need to warm up on these. These are <laughs> I, yeah, we're gonna have to come back to okay, me on that okay, one. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, let us know if you have an answer to that one. I will. But now we can get into some more like sustainability questions. All right. But no. the first question that we have. Okay, so we got these from our Google form that we sent out. But how do I get started on an easy compost pile that won't attract the critters, will be safe for a feral cat colony, and is easy to put together and maintain in a limited space? It would be so easy to compost our leftover veggies and coffee, but I haven't organized a compost pile at home yet. What do you suggest? Nice. So I've tried a few different compost bins over the years, and definitely my favorite, because it should be easy, right, is we ordered, it's about a 94-gallon compost bin made of recycled plastic, just ordered it on Amazon. It has a lid, but critically it has a trap door that you can pull compost out the bottom. And so what that means for being lazy is that you can continually add new compost on top Mm -hmm. and then you can just pull out the compost that's being made from the bottom. 
And so there are lots of complicated ways to compost that involve like stirring it and adding lots of moisture. And we never do that. And we make gorgeous compost. Hmm. So that's my current favorite bin. Very easy to set up. You just order it. It took me like 10 minutes to put it together. Um, I would also say for people that might, so this is a pretty big bin, right? 90 gallons is a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, people with more limited space, I've never tried this, but there are loads of cool under the sink worm composting setups that oh. they don't smell and the worms just eat the produce scraps and, um, make gorgeous worm poop compost. Oh, wow. How would they set that up then? Um, it's definitely a kit you would want to order. Oh, you order it. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it would have probably a tray. Um, but I have, I know someone um, who also has just used like a, you know, a shoebox type bin with worms mm-hmm. and done it that way. But mm-hmm. so there are so many options out there, right. but mm-hmm. huh. that sounds great. And though. I will say that my, our compost, so we live in a, a neighborhood with loads of things like raccoons, possums, squirrels, mm-hmm. cats, and we've never had them get into our compost because yeah. it has a lid that closes. Mm-hmm. Sure. It doesn't smell because you don't put meat in it and cheese right. in it, right? Just, you know, the we go eggs, um, table scraps. I do shredded paper in there, like from my oh, really? shredder. Um, co- loads of coffee and tea, and um, yeah, you don't even hardly know it's there. Mm-hmm. Is there like certain things you need to put inside of it in order for it to compost or not really okay. yeah so yeah I've we've really just we th- we go through lots of vegetable scraps and so about every two days we just throw a bag full of veggie scraps in there mm-hmm. and it's incredible as it starts to break down you know you think you're eventually going to fill it up and we've never filled it up mm-hmm. because it just settles as it decomposes and right. you get we get the nicest compost out there i think we got about 100 pounds last year out oh, of it wow. that we put in all of our flower beds and stuff so that's awesome yeah huh. yeah i'm a big fan of composting it's really not hard yeah mm-hmm. yeah do you compost um <laughs> so for context <laughs> we're reading this book for green life we have a book club and they said to compost like your hair oh. that like falls out in the shower. Do you do that? No. Are you that committed? No. So I will. <laughs> yeah. Do you actually care enough? <laughs> so if I like clean out my brush, I'll like throw that outside because birds will use that to like make nests with Ooh, and stuff. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah, but you know the stuff from the drain is nasty. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not willing to like deal with that more than I have to. So no, it goes right. right in the garbage. But right. but I read that in the book too, and yeah, I was like, like mm. I was like. Was the book telling you to take it out of the drain? I think so. You just said you could. <laughs> so <It's> an option. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, but another question um, is, does Ambrose actually recycle? Um, a lot of people say that recycling is just mixed into the trash, which I know at campus, like, houses, like, off-campus houses, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. It's mm-hmm. true. Right. But... Do you want to explain more about our recycling situation? Sure. So I think one of the big misconceptions is that there's no effort to recycle with our housekeeping Mm -hmm. folks. And that's not the case. They would love to recycle. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem is there's so much contamination in the recycling on campus that they end up having to throw it away because they don't have time to sort through recycling. They're so busy. We we shouldn't ask them to do that at all. And so I think what we need to realize is how can we make this easier on them and that and do this right. And so I'm very excited to say that this week – our recycling 
uh, company on campus is putting out a ton of new informational stickers on all the recycling bins that everything in our recycling can be Mm commingled. And so I hope the confusion about like, do I have Mm -hmm. to sort plastic from paper from, you know, blah, blah Mm -hmm. goes away because everything can go in every bin. And it also clearly shows what can't be recycled on this new little thing. So, um, I hope that's the beginning of an educational campaign that allows people to recycle better so that we don't have to Mm -hmm. end up throwing it out. Yeah, I would agree. That'd be awesome. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think, uh, you know, it's going to take, it's a cultural thing, right, as to whether Mm -hmm. we decide as a campus to care enough to do this right. Right. And and that will take time, I believe. (laughs) I agree with that. How do you think students can care more about like what they recycle and what they don't throw in the trash, I guess. Right. I, it needs to be multi-pronged, probably. Coming from peer pressure is the best. Yeah, <laughs> peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Recycle. Right yeah. En- encouragement from RAs. Encouragements yeah. when they're freshmen, so yeah. they don't have bad habits yet, right? Yeah. And so if we can teach them at Welcome Week, hey, this is how we recycle, mm-hmm. and this is why we as Ambrosians care. Maybe we can we can culture shift. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. That would be. And it does sound like we're getting the recycling off campus soonish. Oh, for the houses? Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Oh, really? Maybe even, I don't, I think Jim Hannon said fall probably, okay. oh. but maybe sooner, maybe sooner. Mm. Me and Emma have been talking about like demanding that they mm-hmm. <laughs> put recycling out. I do think, I mean, keep putting the pressure on, no doubt yeah. it might move a little faster. Yeah. So you two both live off campus. And so how do you deal with recycling then? I just, I just, because I know, okay. like, I mean, I guess I could, like, make my own, like, recycling mm-hmm. bin and, like, put it yeah. on the campus, mm-hmm. but I just haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. I could do that to help combat that. Yeah. Um, I've, th- it just, yeah, I guess it's, it's a time thing. Like, I yeah, don't so. want to take the time to, like, take it off campus. Or sure, anything, sure. And it's, which it's, sounds it's, really bad. Well, I mean, it's a hassle, right? You're already probably carrying other things and it's like here's all my recycling right and it's wild because they give us a big trash bin and a recycling bin but there's not a one outside for the recycling yeah so like there's like a misconception kind oh, of that of, that, like, that does seem confusing. you're separating it in the kitchen but like you're putting it all together outside yeah i didn't realize that for a while either <sighs> yeah i didn't I would, like, really rinse either. out like my yoga yeah no. yeah and then i like went outside and saw oh. recycling in the trash i was like well, I just wasted a bunch of water doing that. Uh, so cool. <laughs> and like I know it's like lost. not their fault for not having like the right systems in place. But Absolutely it's just not. It, that's yeah, that's above them. Mm-hmm. 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 So hopefully we can work on that soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for so. sure. I mean, that seems crazy in the, in twenty twenty two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree. Um, but now we have questions about like sustainable eating. So some people wanted us uh, to tell them about our sustainable food choices, um, what we do to like change in our diet, any fun recipes. And then we had a specific question about how someone uh, wants to eat consciously, but they are very picky, like they have very limited palate. So any suggestions for that for, or anything about um environmentally friendly eating. Yay. So so I wanted to share just a few facts on 
what an impact you can have by changing the way you eat. And I'm not necessarily advocating that everyone becomes a vegetarian tomorrow. I think um, if Americans just eat less meat, we can together have a really big impact. So beef gets the most um, negative press, rightfully so, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry, hamburger lovers. (laughs) (laughs) Because it takes so much energy to make beef, right? And so um, it takes 20 kilograms of feed to make one kilogram of edible beef. Oh, wow. And that that is feed that is calories that could technically be feeding people, right? Yeah. So, so we're losing 19 um, kilograms of feed, right, to get that one kilogram of beef. Beef also um, is a very water-intensive animal to, mm. to raise, and so it takes 750 kilograms of water to raise one kilogram of edible beef. Oh, wow. So those are, those are huge impacts on our system when you imagine how many animals we're eating in the world today. Mm. Um, from just the 1960s, uh, we used to raise 7.3 billion animals a year for consumption, and the latest data from 2011 is um, 27.5 billion. And they're expecting another doubling by 2050 as more developed nations uh, have the capacity to buy more expensive food like meat. And so this is putting a huge stress on the system. Um, The way we grow such tremendous numbers of livestock is through what are called CAFOs, right? And these are the concentrated animal feeding operations. So gross. They're so gross, right? And so um, you pack animals in and it's efficient Mm -hmm. so we can have cheaper meat, which I understand the rationale. But um, livestock generates tremendous amounts of poop, right? They go to the bathroom a lot. And so you're dealing with things like water pollution, yeah. And, you know, you pack animals in like that, you have to do a lot of antibiotic dosing. And so 50% of the antibiotics used are for livestock, not for people. And so we're seeing more antibiotic resistance developing by constantly giving animals antibiotics. Mm-hmm. So big problems on a health side mm-hmm. um, with the environment. So, so. And for the final depressing fact for meat eaters, <laughs> um, livestock ag contributes 37% of our methane emissions, which is crazy because methane is an extraordinarily potent greenhouse gas. And cows burp a lot. Mm-hmm. And in that burp is uh, methane. And so that goes right up into the atmosphere, traps heat, and contributes to, to climate change. So, so there are lots of environmental reasons for why we might consider changing, changing mm-hmm. our diet. And at the same time, I don't know, in my 30s, I became a much more just softy, I think is the word. <laughs> like I just started really thinking about this question of, am I comfortable eating food that is raised in something like a cave? Yeah, right? Yeah. When these animals are beings and they feel joy and sadness, much, mm-hmm. you know, similar to people. Um, and, and I just really started to be more and more uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And I think while the environmental reasons motivate me to not eat meat, certainly the, the humane you know, side of it also has a big influence on me. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, so so now, oh, and I thought it was so inter- in our book club book. Mm-hmm. So we just read a really depressing chapter on like how animals are raised. And I thought it was fascinating that she asked, well, she had a survey, right, of if you had to eat 
meat that you killed, like you had to go out and kill your own meat, would you right. still eat it? And 85% of people said they wouldn't, that they're not. Right, yeah. And so I feel like if I can't kill it, why should I ask someone else to do that That's for me? That's a great me? point. I never thought about I that. I don't, yeah. yeah. So what about you two? Would you kill your own? No, animal? absolutely not. Uh, I can't even no. like kill a spider. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I can kill things, but I'm really lazy. So I wouldn't do it. <laughs> you can. I feel like you're, you're always like, I'm just lazy. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm just like, eh. you're like, <laughs> like, I'll just eat my PB and J instead. Yeah, I'll go get like berries and stuff. Berries? Like our, like our hunter gatherer instincts, yeah, as women. <laughs> would you but, be a hunter or a gatherer? Gatherer for sure. Yeah, we all would. Uh, gatherer seems way more relaxing. It does. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's more fun. Uh, don't have to run around and stuff. Even though I'm literally a runner, but it's you fine. could still running for berries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make it a little game between <laughs> between <laughs> little blueberry bushes. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I had a question. So, how much like meat is one kilogram of beef? Like, is that? Oh, that's like a couple pounds. Couple pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's so interesting though because, like, beef consumption like has so many issues that we don't think about. Like, how we have to like most of like the fields that we have is food for like cows and right. pigs and stuff. Exactly. So, like that also creates issues with, like food insecurity. Like mm-hmm. we literally like could be making mm-hmm. so much more food for people. Exactly. But we're not because we're trying to feed. I mean, meat right. is food, but it's we it's harder to give meat to like low income people or right. like we can't give it to like food banks and stuff because they can't like preserve it and like keep it. Right. Right. So right. it's not really like a good way to help right. and in the documentary we saw on Sunday they even said that the grain isn't even good for the cows correct and for us yeah they're not supposed to eat it exactly yeah. they were they evolved on grass right yeah. and so putting them on grain it it's, makes their stomach very acidic I think and mm-hmm. so it's very bad for them it will eventually kill them mm-hmm yeah so it's just bad all around it is bad it is and and I think diets are one of the hardest things in life to change right and Mm -hmm. so even sometimes knowing that I mean I know I shouldn't probably eat like an entire sleeve of thin mints (laughs) (laughs) right so hard not (laughs) but if you start on that sleeve you know and so food is you know our brains are hardwired for certain things and so I think changing is hard Mm -hmm. and so um you know I'd say my progression to becoming a vegetarian was extraordinarily slow yeah Right. There was because I was raised as a pretty typical Iowan, you know, eating lots of meat with every at least every day. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think, you know, there's a lot of trial and error in figuring out what you like to replace that with Mm -hmm. and 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 to stay healthy. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And also with red meat, too, it's not good for you in large amounts exactly. right especially like in the midwest we eat so much meat like right. way more than we're supposed right. to right. And, like right. people don't think about that because they're like oh it's protein it's good for you no it's not because well it is to a point but right like, there's, there's a lot of saturated fat yeah. right right mm-hmm. locks your arteries right your arteries <laughs> heart disease yeah yeah so so i think my advice to our picky eater out there is you just got to start trying things, right? And there's all kinds of cool vegetarian options, whether mm-hmm. it's tofu or seitan or tempeh, right? There's loads of great stuff to sample and play around with. I think you have to be adventurous in the sense you're willing to buy and cook it maybe. Yeah. Um, or to go to a restaurant and try it. Trumpet Blossom in Iowa City is a vegan restaurant Ooh. that I just love. It's a great mm-hmm. place to go and try something out if you don't feel like cooking. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like 
with vegetarian eating, there's like this idea that it's more expensive. Do you think that it is, or is that a total like myth? Mm, I think it's cheaper myth. if you do it right. <laughs> because meat, especially now with inflation like it is, uh-huh. meat is very, you know, pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you buy, oh my goodness, like beans and mm-hmm. rice and eggs, like that's one of my favorite, like go to on a busy night, right? Right. That is, you can't get much cheaper than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also hard too because food is so personal. Mm-hmm. And it's not like something like with clothes where it like doesn't really matter what you wear, but like you have to eat to like survive and to mm-hmm. function. Um, and like, especially like kind of it's like a cultural thing too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, like in Davenport, there's not really like a scene for like vegan or like vegetarian right. food. Like there yeah. might be in like Iowa City. Mm-hmm. So it's harder, especially for college students too. Yeah. I agree. I like I have tried to go vegetarian here and there, yeah. but I found it's hard to try to go out to eat and find options besides like grilled cheese and like salads. Right. But I don't know how you navigate that. Um, I mean I would say there are good places in Davenport for vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Like, um have you been to the olive tree? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Their I vegetarian that. platter is good. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Zeke's Island mm-hmm. Cafe, they have a nice, a couple nice vegetarian options. Right. Um, pretty much any of the Thai or mm-hmm. um, Asian restaurants, they usually have a tofu option that I really like. Oh, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Soy Soy 3 downtown yeah, is really good. Been. Okay, I'll have to check that it's out. so good. It's very good. Yeah, but I agree, there could be a bigger scene more explicitly dedicated to vegetarian it's amazing like even in muscatine they have a completely vegan restaurant called butchers which is ironic (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so there are there are good there's good stuff out there i think yeah yeah do you have any specific recipes that you want to share yeah so in my 20s um i got into uh, a series of cookbooks called Moosewood Cafe. Mm-hmm. And so the Moosewood restaurant exists in um, Ithaca, New York, and it's a vegetarian restaurant and they've pumped out loads of cookbooks that are super easy to make recipes, um, things that at least I have on hand usually, and super flavorful. So that for me, if you're just starting to like play around with vegetarian recipes, I really love the Moosewood books. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also just, you know, I'll just type in like tofu casserole in the internet and I usually can find like 20 things to pick from. Mm-hmm. So I, and now I have like 3,000 bookmarked recipes on my computer, right? <laughs> just from playing around with things. And I'm happy to share some for you to post on your Instagram. Yeah, if you want to. that'd be great. Yeah. Aren't there like different types of tofu that you can buy? Mm-hmm. So, well, tofu comes in like from extra firm to really squishy, right. depending on the recipe that you're doing. So, is there like a good to- tofu to start with if you're like a beginner to it all? Yeah. Or? So, if you're gonna like do a good stir fry or something and mm-hmm. and give maybe bake it or saute it, I would go with extra firm mm-hmm. just because the squishiness might <laughs> <laughs> turn people off yeah. from trying it. <laughs> but if you can make it good and crispy, oh, there's nothing better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had some really good tofu in the calf, actually. Oh, like nice. I think it was like last year. So sometimes yeah. they have like good options. Uh-huh. They had that like sesame covered tofu. Ooh, yum. Yeah. But it was very bland. Okay, oh, not that good. Like, like a sauce, I think. Yeah, a little soy sauce on there. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what it was called, but it was like really good yeah they've gotten a little better this year with uh-huh. vegetarian really cool. options yeah definitely so is there something every day would you say that's a vegetarian dish that you could go through and 
I think they have I mean, to. You can don't they? always choose pasta. I know. Of course, yeah, I don't consider it. That's exactly. Yeah. I feel like they have to offer an I option. Think, I think okay. they do. I think the problem is that they don't really advertise it that well, mm. and they kind of put it in the back corner. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, no one knows it's there unless you like look. Uh huh. Right. So it's hard. I don't know. Now everyone's gonna know because of your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> everyone go in the back corner. <laughs> Beat me and Emma. And <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah. you certainly can like not eat meat in the calf pretty easily. Exactly. Will it be nutritious? No. Right. <laughs> and I think that's a really important point yeah. to bring up because, well, A, there's a myth like that we don't get enough protein, right? Mm-hmm. Americans get about twice as much protein as they actually need. So most of us are getting plenty of protein. Mm-hmm. If you are worried about that as a vegetarian, right, there are you, tofu, right, beans, peanut butter. Well, it's mostly fat. <laughs> so it's delicious. Um, but there are so many ways to get, pro- like, I feel like I have so much protein in my day. Now, I'm not vegan, so I eat eggs, right? And so that's, for me, a really easy way to get good proteins. Right. And, mm-hmm. okay. but, and, you know, I, I take a multivitamin. I don't know if it matters. I feel like I have a pretty varied <laughs> diet. But yeah. if people are worried about, if you go vegan, you really do have to worry about things like the B vitamins. Some of them you only get in animal products. And mm-hmm. so you can actually develop a deficiency. Yeah. Uh, and so you have to be way more intentional about vitamins and supplements mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever considered going fully vegan? I haven't. Um it seems prohibitive to me at this point now. Yeah. And I, you can make the argument that the animals are not raised humanely that are, you know, in milk production for mm-hmm. cheese. And I don't eat or don't drink a lot of cow milk. Back to your first conversation. Mm-hmm. About, <laughs> I like almond milk. <laughs> <laughs> I know how you feel about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm, I am in awe of people who are able to do it because yeah. it, is a, it is a much bigger life change. I would agree, yeah. Having to avoid eggs and cheese. And yeah. people avoid honey, right? Because oh, it's made I didn't from. think about yeah. that. Because it's from bees? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's an animal product. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't, I've never thought about that. Yeah. So it would be an, a big shift. What would you miss the most if you went vegan? Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Cheese every time. <laughs> I mean, they make vegan cheese. They do. And oh, is it good? Good? I've you... not found one that I'm like, that mm. tastes like cheese. But yeah. And I've tried, and I'm always disappointed. But yeah. <laughs> the technology, I mean, the meat, the fake meat today is insanely it is. a good replica. KFC oh, has, like... Have you tried it? Their <laughs> new yeah. fake chicken? Yeah. One, uh, my roommate had a friend over, and they had it. And it. I didn't think it tasted that bad at all. They were a little iffy on it, but it was Real, pretty good. I've been wanting to try it, no, so you I'm should. super excited to hear that. It, tastes, it wasn't, like, the same, but uh-huh. it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Burger King, you know, has the Impossible Burger, and it's, I mean, I think it's indistinguishable from a a real burger. Right. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, I've had, I think I've had that, and I think I've had, like, a bean burger before, too, Uh right? Which is pretty good. Yep, yep, I really like those, too. But, like, if you wouldn't have told me, like, with the Impossible Burger, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known. Like, the bean burger, like, you can tell it's different texture, right? Right, and there are beans that you can see, right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I think that's a very good option. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, because since we're in the Midwest, it's really like people eat meat all the time. It's hard mm-hmm. to like get away from that, and you still mm-hmm. like want it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and you should still be able to enjoy that similar thing. Because to me, I yeah. think a burger is a vehicle for like cheese and ketchup, and yeah. And so, if you 
cover that black bean burger in the same things. It's a pretty good sub. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and besides meat, there's also like other foods that are bad for the environment too, which I think is something we don't think about a lot. Yeah. So like fish can be really bad right. for the environment, right. um, just because like how they catch them mm-hmm. and then like the fishing nets, like going into the ocean and stuff right. like that. Yeah. I yeah. learned, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you go. I learned today in my environmental science class that chocolate has a big impact yeah, it uses a lot of water. Right. I just pulled up. This will be a sad fact for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've like, once I learned that, because I took that class before yeah. you, I like try to look up chocolate that uses less water nice. in production, but it's really expensive and you have to right. like order it online, oh. which is kind of like, well, if I have to ship it here, what's like, I know. am I really making a difference? Right. Exactly. So. right. Although you are supporting at least someone who's trying to make an, a, an environmental improvement. Right. Yeah, that's true. I'm also looking at this website. It's talking about the 10 worst foods for our planet and says sugar is really bad um, because um, it replaces habitats for animals and like right. so you lose biodiversity. Yeah, chocolate. And sugar is so bad for We eat so much sugar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't need it either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we do need it, but we don't oh. need it. <laughs> I thought we didn't need we it. We don't need it, but I can't. Oh, it's oh you live said without like it. we. <laughs> I was like, am I wrong? No, it's I was like, oh, empty. Shit. <laughs> no thin mints for you anymore. I know, it's so sad. <laughs> yeah, there's some other foods on here. It says like soybeans are bad for the environment too. Um, I think. It's because of like that it, they're used to feed oh. animals and right, stuff like right. that. And stuff. But yeah, so it's not always like meat. So if like if you like literally can't give up meat or you, like you feel like you can't mm-hmm. right now, you can try to like maybe cut down on a few days. Like exactly said, like, meatless Monday. Mm-hmm. Meatless Monday. And I then, like the idea of once a week just try a new yeah. recipe. Like mm-hmm. make a yeah. plan, right? Mm-hmm. See if you like it, and if you don't, do something different the next mm-hmm. week. And right. Yeah, I mean, that's how change starts, and I recommend going very slowly because you do want to do it in a healthy way. And Definitely. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool if campus, like, did it all together, like, like the cafeteria. Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And, like, still have, like, a meat option, but, like, mostly vegetarian. I love that idea. Almost yeah. like a vegetarian fest, like a few different yeah. things for people to try. Yeah. yeah. That'd be really cool. That would yeah. be. But I think your seafood point is super important to bring up because, I mean, we have really emptied the oceans out with our incredible technology and our huge nets. And, you know, we have miles long of baited hooks, mm-hmm. things that this planet just is not set up to deal with, yeah. right? And so, uh, you know, I think eating, I do occasionally eat seafood, but I do make sure that it is sustainably caught. And, and there's, there are good resources out there. Monterey Bay Aquarium has a little pamphlet on um, what seafood is good to eat for the environment. And they have a red list that is very destructive that you should avoid mm-hmm. eating. And, mm-hmm. and sad things on there are like sharks that you yeah. know, we shouldn't be eating top of the top of the food chain anyway really yeah. Yeah. and also like when they catch fish they catch other animals exactly. like sea turtles and like right. dolphins and stuff sometimes yeah. so that's also bad yep yeah there's so. bycatch is a huge problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think also another interesting point is like when we want to go vegetarian is like kind of like to decentralize meat from our diet mm-hmm. so it's because every like meal you're like okay I have to have like meat with this meat with that like if you have pasta you have like chicken with it or something but um in order to like 
be like healthier and mm. like eat less meat we should focus on other like dishes that don't and like have meat at all like there's no meat alternative like there's just like a protein alternative so instead of like because like meat alternatives aren't always bad but some of them mm. probably aren't that much better for you if you're like looking into like health stuff right mm-hmm. like um sometimes at Aldi I'll get those like chicken patties but they're like they're not chicken right um, and I are pretty good they are but like <laughs> I know that they are like not better for me in like any way health-wise like obviously they're better for the environment right. Mm-hmm. Right. um so I think that's one way to start is like to swap out actual meat for meat alternatives but then also to try to focus off of like meat in general mm-hmm. right like try something totally different where you don't feel like you have to have it yeah right. yeah, yeah. And I do think, you know, looking at like the meat substitute that you're buying is interesting. Oftentimes the sodium is really high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And sometimes they ha- they're pretty processed, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But there are really good alternatives out there, too, that are more kind of all natural. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. They just cost more. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you can make your own veggie burgers. Ooh, how do you do that? Yeah. There's all kinds of recipes. You could do your own black bean burgers mm-hmm. or... Yeah, there's lentil burgers. Yeah, mm. mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. We have a party, <laughs> <laughs> veggie burger burgers. party. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be it fun. would be fun. I think in the Hayes well, courtyard or something. I love Ooh. that idea. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be great. I'll whip up something. Yay! <laughs> um, what grocery stores do you like to go to? I love Aldi. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we talked about that in our podcast, how it's like more sustainable. It is. Yeah. yeah. And I love that you have to bring your bags back pretty much. Yeah. Mm. Um, they have amazing organic produce and organic cheese and organic yogurt and mm-hmm. um, Humane Society certified eggs. So I've been super excited to switch over. I had a friend who was like, you have to try it. And I was like, mm, I was skeptical. And now it's like, right. that's my first stop. So yeah. I wish we had a Trader Joe's in Davenport because yeah. I love Trader Joe's. So when we go to Iowa City, we always stop through there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that so like a second best option that you would recommend? I fill in the what I can't get at Aldi at Hy-Vee because mm-hmm. they have everything. This right. is true, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't like about Aldi is like all their produce is packaged. It's a lot plastic. of packaging. I know. Which was like, it's kind of surprising because like I interpret that as less fresh even though it may not be, mm-hmm. but like, it just like seems like it to me, even though their produce is really good. It is really good. And I, I, I'm guessing they do that as a speed thing when they check yeah. out, because instead of having to like weigh and enter things, they just scan. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right. But I, yeah, I would love to see them dial back some of their plastic packaging for sure. Yeah. I think it's just like an efficient store though. Cause it's so small. It is. I'm in and out. Like run up and down yeah. the house and grab what I want. And then they like check you out like crazy so fast. fast. <laughs> like I'm kind of get scared sometimes. I'm like, please, <laughs> if you break my yogurt oh, right now. I know. <laughs> Normally they're pretty good about putting like the. They are good, yeah, but they're the so fragile fast. Items oh, and, like, the right, right. Have you been to Aldi, Laura? Yeah, I have. Okay. I just don't go that often. Wait, I don't where go do you grocery go? shopping. Though. I don't go. Grocery okay, that's fair. Often. That's fair. So I'm okay, really so poor. you mostly eat on campus though, or yeah, or like I'll go with my my mother. Oh nice. I'm local. <laughs> <laughs> She'll help me out with the funds there. That's awesome. Fair um, way, I guess okay. for that. Which okay. is like also a smaller. Oh yeah, I like grocery food. store. I but yeah, I've been really wanting to go to Aldi because I learned about all their good practices that they do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm getting better <laughs> we'll have to go on like a field trip <laughs> a green light field trip oh, I love Just this buy this not that yeah. <laughs> yes that'd be awesome that would be super fun yeah, yeah so 
So do you feel like amongst your peers, is there an interest in eating less meat or do you feel like people don't think about it that much? I think <sighs> some people do. Yeah. I, th- I think that there's an idea that like, even if I went vegetarian, it's not going to have that much impact mm-hmm. upon the bigger problem. Right. Like if I start, like it won't matter. Mm-hmm. I've heard that from my, some of my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, it actually has like a really big impact though. It really does. Right. If you want to look at your carbon footprint, <laughs> which if you listen to the last episode, I don't really <laughs> like that much, but it actually does reduce that quite a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people that's not something that crosses their mind in a way they want to help. Right. Like they know it would, uh-huh. but it's just hard because it's so personal and like, right. mm-hmm. or like, we only have so many options. We don't have the time to cook ourselves. Right. We don't, wanna, or don't right. have the skills to cook ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. tough when you don't you have control over what you're eating. As right. Much. Or if you're in the dorms, you don't have your own kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's hard mm-hmm. too. And we don't have any like, I feel like a lot of different schools in like freshman dorms, they have like a shared kitchen. Huh. We don't oh, have really? that. Mm. I never knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that makes it extra hard. Um, but yeah. um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's just interesting. Yeah. I will say like starting working at Ambrose maybe 12 years ago, um, I feel like students back then when I taught environmental science were more horrified by the thought of like not eating meat. Mm-hmm. Whereas today students are kind of like, yeah, I want to try that. Because okay. we do a project where they, you know, change their life for four or six weeks. And a lot of them tackle food. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What class is that? that a bio 109. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's... That, I think. Oh, are you in that class? Oh, I am, but I don't. You haven't done that yet. I don't. No, maybe you won't. I yeah. don't know. I have the. I have an adjunct. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I know. I did that. I did that in that class. So you just like pick something to mm-hmm. change. And yep, then... and then you journal about it, and That's it's fascinating. So, cool. so I'm usually not a huge fan of grading, but reading people's journal articles about uh-huh. their like. Some of them try to recycle more or give up plastic, um, single-use plastic. Others, like, try to give up meat. It's so fascinating to read their journey. I learned so many insights. So I feel like we learn and discuss so much in school, but often we don't, like, apply it Mm -hmm. or, like, Mm -hmm. take action. So that's a really good idea. It's fun. I don't think we're doing that in my class. I'm really sad. (laughs) You could do it. Yeah, I was going to say anonymous comment box. (laughs) That would be fun. (laughs) Oh, this is something I just thought about, but do you think there's something that, like, like state governments or, like, the federal government could do um, or with the city this? Of Davenport. Or city? Or, like, is, do you think it's, like, a too, like, personal of a choice, and do you think, like, the farmers would be mad? I think the farmers would be mad, and I think that they have a lot more sway than, the you know, us. Yes, and they so, lobby the government. Yeah. Like everybody else. So I think um, the government would be, would not want to touch that. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Because that would be a big system disruptor. and Yeah. And, like, obviously, like, farmers are, like, very, very important. Mm-hmm. They do right. have, a, like, a big impact on the environment. Absolutely. It's mostly, like, the big, big farms. Mm-hmm. So it's not right. necessarily, no. like, these local farmers. Right, right. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I've never, like, heard of, like, <laughs> any government initiatives mm-hmm. to tackle uh, meat consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But yeah, even though even if you could make the argument and we can make the argument that reducing red meat consumption, for example, is good for you. Yes. um, The government probably would not touch that. (laughs) I would be interested to go to like different countries that are less like meat centralized and like see what their restaurants and stuff are like. Absolutely. Yeah. What countries are that? 
even I don't know definitely India. India I was thinking I was that's just, what I thought yep, of I wasn't India. sure I, was, I, wasn't, I don't want to say it and then be totally yeah. wrong yeah no India they eat a lot less meat right um, and cows are sacred They're cows right. are sacred yeah. mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. okay that's and they roam the streets yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow so. Yeah, so way more lintel-based and, and other options there. And, you know, I went to Costa Rica for uh, an undergrad study abroad, and it was a lot of, like, rice and beans and mm-hmm. um, kind of chickens, but they were free-range chickens that were literally, like, running around. And so it was different than right. the food we get. So. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's any more, like, other countries that are like that. Oh, any country that has less money, right? Doesn't eat as much That's meat. True. So loads of places meat is and I kinda wish we had the same attitude that meat's a treat or a luxury. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Mm-hmm. And if we could shift to that frame set, you know, mindset where it's, it's a special occasion. So this is when we eat meat. Right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Not for three times a day. That's a good the way to think about it, especially red meat. Right. It's like, right. I, I try not to eat red yeah. meat, but sometimes like I do have it as a treat. Mm-hmm. It's like, it tastes good. <laughs> right. So, right. right. I do like bacon. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Is turkey bacon better for the environment or just better for you? Cause there's like less fat in it. Well, so turkeys would take less resources to grow okay. than pigs. And mm-hmm. so in that sense, they would be closer to the chicken end of things, which is less environmental impact than a pig. Mm. Um, so I guess it's better for you and the environment probably. Oh, turkey bacon is pretty good. The turkeys are so smart and they're so lovely. <laughs> yeah, that you can't eat it. <laughs> yeah. That's so. fair. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about like the other things that you do like for animals? Like I know you said you volunteer oh, at the right. dog. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So every week I volunteer at King's Harvest Pet Rescue. So they're a no-kill animal shelter um, just a couple miles from campus. And uh, I work with the dogs. And so they bring most of their dogs up from down south. So mm-hmm. in the southern United States, they have a serious dog overpopulation problem because they have better weather so animals can reproduce year-round and they don't die in Mm -hmm. harsh winter environments and there's just I believe there's just less spaying and neutering down south and so um, amazingly up north where we live we really have gotten our dog overpopulation problem under control. And so we're in the position where we can actually bring death row dogs up from the South and find them homes up here. So mm-hmm. um, there are organizations that just transport dogs from down South to up North to shelters. Oh. And it's, I can't imagine being that person. They'll bring like a load of 16 dogs in a van from Texas. You know, wow. imagine the logistics of taking 16 dogs on an epic road trip. Right. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super rewarding. I love it. It's, it's, you know, mostly dealing with dog poop, but you get to, (laughs) you get to play with puppies and get to know some really sweet dogs. I've learned so much, like how wonderful pit bulls are and how their bad reputation is such a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really about who's the owner and Mm -hmm. there can be lovely dogs. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a nice way to, you know, give back I guess and get to spend time with animals and yeah that's awesome yeah yeah and anyone can volunteer there right like students mm-hmm. could? oh yeah actually I think one of the service Saturdays coming up is going to be at King's Harvest oh, nice. so if people are interested they should check that out mm-hmm. it's a really cool facility so yeah mm-hmm. and also we well, can pretty much argue that any issue is like 
can be a sustainability issue but like when there's like stray dogs and like stray cats and stuff they eat the resource they're like an invasive species so they eat resources that other animals need absolutely so like this is they're being sustainable by bringing the dogs somewhere that they can be adopted and live inside (laughs) right and then cats you know cats are really an invasive species if they live outdoors they've decimated bird what's with the feral cat colony that was yeah you were talking about that the other earlier yeah so this is a newer thing I guess the trap (laughs) neuter release programs where you bring in these are oftentimes very wild cats right okay Um, so they're feral uh they spay and neuter them and they put them back outside and the idea is to to bring down populations that way right by continually spaying and neutering the colonies the data are quite mixed on whether it works or not it's a thorny issue because you've got the cat lovers on one side and the bird lovers on the other and Yeah. yeah it's thorny do cats like to live in groups um, strangely, they do live in groups, <laughs> but I know it seems odd because they're solitary cat right. you know, predators, yeah. but, but they do, they will live yeah. in colonies. If you read the Warrior Cat series growing up, <sighs> you would know. Laura. <laughs> Laura's talked to me about this series I've several got times. To get this book. And she's like, oh yeah, it's like a kid's book, but they like go to war and like they'll like when they like hurt each other or like die, they'll like. <laughs> like just put their stomachs out so, so that that's like their sensitive area and like scratch them. Of me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, okay, no. Laura. <laughs> I like read them when I was like ten. Okay, Neither. they're kids' books. They- Oh. Yeah, <laughs> so I was concerned. <laughs> they are like in clans, and they all have okay. like this, they all <laughs> they all like embody or not embody, live on the same or not earth land. Okay, oh. you have they all get like separate sex. So, like uh, one clan's like more like into mountainous, <laughs> like ones more into the plains or like wow. the forest, they, and sorry, they usually live in peace. But once in a while, they have like a they war. have a war. Do they fight over resources. Oh, I can't remember. No, no, it's like... I was going to say, that sounds like us, but never mind. Right. (laughs) Are these just humans dressed as cats? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Kids' book, like... A metaphor? Yeah, is it talking about something bigger? I should read it again, so I'm like, ooh, I see the symbolism in that. (laughs) You know what would be funny if you could convince one of your professors to do, like, your senior, like, thesis on this. Uh, I'm doing two capstones right now. Uh, Throw a third on. (laughs) I don't know for what, but... Yeah, that'd be very interesting. Maybe like theology, I could make that work. (laughs) Philosophy, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be so funny. Could you imagine (laughs) going to your presentation? (sighs) That'd be embarrassing. (laughs) Embarrassing? If you put a lot of thought into it, it'd be great. It would be, but I don't want to. I'm lazy like you. Uh, whatever. You two are the like least lazy undergrads I know. So, <laughs> well, I'm not like like I'm lazy. Like I'll do all my homework and stuff. I'm not lazy. Like I'll do all my homework and mm-hmm. stuff. But like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, maybe that takes all of your willpower, right? Everybody only has so true. much willpower. So maybe you're just done by the end of all your homework. And, that's true. And all your running and all your yeah. organizing events. And <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm gonna tell people now. Like, yeah, I just like spent all this energy doing this, so I know I can't. I can't do that for you. Sorry, (laughs) I'm out of willpower for today. (laughs) Amy Blair said I could say it, so this is my excuse. (laughs) Amy Blair certified. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Was there anything else we want to? 
talk about before we wrap up? Well, I do want to plug real quick. Um, so I'm super into slugs. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I forgot. Did we tell you what we were going to name this? No. We were going to name it um, Queen of the Slugs. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> That's my dream. That's my dream title. Um, but I'm super into slugs. And... Go ahead. Um, Sorry. They're fascinating little critters, right? They're smart. We have <laughs> um, Colin Link is our undergrad student right now doing mm-hmm. research on slugs, and he's actually showing that he can mess with their brains. Yeah. Yeah, and so he's doing crazy cool stuff. But the plug I want to give is that March 30th, um, the Hopper Speaker of Biology will be here at 7 p.m. at the Rogowski Center. And she's going to talk about um, slugs and why everybody should care about them. <gasps> really? Yes. I'm so excited. We're bringing her in from L.A. <gasps> oh, and my God. How'd you get her? I found out about her on a podcast called Ologies. She talked about malacology, which is the study of mollusks. And she is oh. hilarious and fun. And I think it's going to be a great evening. And I'm so if you're even just like, this sounds so weird, just come check it out. That's so funny. Yeah. That sounds awesome, though. Yeah, she's going to be amazing. Ooh, I love slugs though. Like I know, I, I like um, like worms and stuff too, and like toads. Yes, yes, the yes. It's fun to go like toad yes. catching or yes. hunting. Wait, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, hunting, but I also like, like to minnows. Catch minnows. Minnows, minnows, so cute. Like my oh. grandpa used to fish with minnows. So he'd have a whole bucket full. Oh of minnows, yeah, and, and you just like I'd stick my hand in there and like, <laughs> grab them. Yeah, yeah, free huh. the minnow. Yeah, they're so cute though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's what I find most amazing about biology is that if you just stop and like look at something mm-hmm. and spend time observing it and oh my gosh, it opens up worlds of wonder, right? Yeah. And something as simple as a slug has this complicated little life and it's just so fascinating to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time that Amy told me about the crazy sex that they have and she called <laughs> out it is this, crazy. this video and it was so funny and ever since then I have been hooked on slugs <laughs> I tell everyone about He's slugs <laughs> I tell everyone I'm like Amy Blair is amazing she's the queen of slugs it is the wackiest sex you'll ever see <laughs> yeah yeah oh, yeah we can post the link to a slug sex video too on your Instagram <laughs> Explicit. <laughs> Explicit content. <laughs> Would well, you be reincarnated as a slug if you... Oh my gosh, life? maybe a banana slug because they're so Ooh. cool. They're huge and yellow and get to live like in the redwoods. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. That's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, with our um, sex talk we just had, we should probably <laughs> say this thing <laughs> that we're supposed to say. <laughs> Let's hear it. Um, this podcast was recorded at the studios of KALAFM St. Ambrose University. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of KALA Radio or St. Ambrose University. So there's your disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> Ambrose. <laughs> oh, but thank you so much, Amy. Yeah. Here. We really it enjoyed was fun. This has been so much fun. I haven't laughed this much in days, so thanks. Uh, yay! Aww. That's so exciting. <laughs> All right. We should we, we should say all of our little like our catchphrase all together. <gasps> oh yeah, we say go green and then go bees. Oh nice. So we can do it all together. Last time Lauren had the hardest time doing this because she was <laughs> virtual and it was like a lag. Oh. But yeah, should we yeah. do it? Yeah. Ready? One, two, three. Go, go green, green. Go, go bees. bees. Bye. Bye. Bye.